welcome to the AFA podcast, official podcast for animationforadults.com. And uh, this is going to be episode 24 of our podcast, so we're almost episode 25 and onward. Um, if you haven't recognized me by my voice, my name is Rachel, and I'm going to be taking over for Chris today. He's unfortunately been feeling under the weather and uh, won't be able to join us for the podcast episode today, but he, we will wish him well, and uh, we'll just see if, if we can carry on regardless. And um, I am joined by Dan. Hi. Hi there. How are I, you? Having a good Christmas? I, yeah, I had a great one. I just um, got back into hibernation mode very quickly in front of fire, <laughs> lots of food. Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good break. Thanks. How about you? Oh yeah, it was um, pretty pretty fun. I got to spend Christmas with my dad and uh, well, two Christmas Eve with my dad and uh, Christmas Day with my mom, and uh, pretty much like you said, just lots of food, lots of uh, good company, and was yeah. really really enjoyed seeing my cousins. Oh, that's they're, that's that's lovely to hear. That's very, fun. they're a very lively group. <laughs> How old are they? Um, they are a couple years older than me. I'd say about, let's say I'm, I'm 26. They're probably like early, early thirties, late, late twenties. Oh, okay. Okay. The way you described them, I thought they were like six and seven, like running around. Oh, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're older than me. I'm actually the youngest in my family. So I, uh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm the baby and I'm, so everyone else is a bit older than me, but not, but not by too much. So we can all still like have, talk about a lot of the same things and have a good time. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, Christmas was good. I feel like uh, it's like the obligation now after Christmas to like get a cold. And I can feel <laughs> one coming on. I feel a little bit bunged up, but um, Aww. I'll make use of the like mute button every time I need to wheeze. <laughs> All right, well, don't 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 put yourself push yourself too hard, okay? No, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to lose another because we. We were supposed to have Jill join us today, unfortunately, but she's she's been also feeling that under the weather along with Chris. So it was we're like they're all we're all dropping like flies, and I feel like wow, I'm I find I feel odd that I'm not I'm also not feeling a little afflicted right now. But I'm just gonna knock on wood and hope that doesn't happen. That's right. You won't catch anything from me. I don't. <laughs> I don't think. I'm more likely to catch something from my actual day job than anything else. Right. But anyways, uh, we're getting off topic, so um, even though it's been a bit of a slower week in the animation world uh, due to the holidays, so there hasn't been too much in the way of news or anything, but we're, we'll go over a couple of, uh, some, couple of things that have just come up uh, in the interim between Christmas and New Year's. And um, we also, we might want to keep it a little bit of a lighter episode today since we're missing so many people, but... We're thinking about maybe just kind of doing a brief overview of what uh, 2015 was for the world of animation and just, you know, topics in general related to that. And then maybe just speculate on what's coming up for 2016 now that we've officially reached it. So to get things rolling, um, one of the things that premiered as of uh, New Year's Day was uh, another trailer for Zootopia. And Dan, did you check that out? I did. I checked out the trailer for Zootropolis, as I uh, am required by law to call it. <laughs> I forgot as a UK citizen. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, they they do. Um, the trailer actually refers to the place as Zootropolis, which is 
interesting because, like, I assume that every single mention of Zootopia in the film, they're going to have to change to Zootropolis for the UK version? That's, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> it seems like an awful lot of hassle to me. Anyway, so yeah, there was a trailer that dropped on, was it New Year's, Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve? It was, I think it was between, like, the time between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. Right, right. And um, it basically highlighted the a bit more of uh, the setting for mm-hmm. that hasn't been shown before, and also more of a introduction to the actual plot of the film, as opposed yeah, to just I, introducing us to our main characters. It's definitely like the most we've seen of the movie so far, because the first trailer was like, you know, no footage from the film, just introducing us to the concept, a real like teaser, and then the. And then the first, like, trailer, as they called it, was, like, that one scene. Yeah, the one scene with the the sloths at the DMV. And now this is, like, just lots and lots of footage from the film, from every, well, from lots of different scenes. And it's giving us, it's giving us, like, a much better idea of what it's going to be like, I think. Yeah. That's the, that's the vibe I'm getting from it, and, um... I'm, I'll say this right off the bat. I'm, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, yeah. It's the way they have, we're seeing more designs of the, of the city itself and how things work. I'm really fascinated to learn more about that because it seems to be really creative. But, uh, yeah. I'm also a bit worried in the back of my mind that uh, this trailer might have overstepped. Maybe they, they may have showed us a little too much. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, trailers are always. They're gonna do that unless you have like J.J. Abrams, who's who's a director and like a marketing genius, like overseeing the release of a big film. Your the marketing department is just gonna, yeah, throw everything at you. Um, and I'm do you know I get, I'm okay with that actually because I don't think it's actually that much of a modern, uh, excuse me, a, a modern. Uh, like problem because there are there are trailers for older movies like from the 50s and the 60s which even show like the ending shots of the movie oh right okay so it's not like necessarily like a big modern problem but yeah like i i I know some people who have started to just like avoid trailers so they can go into movies like uh you know having surprises basically yeah go, going completely fresh and not be surprised by anything but even so even though that this this trailer might have you know may have spoiled some things i think it was just enough that it could you know it could still surprise us later on yeah yeah and there's still like there's a hint of like the basic relationships and story but I still don't really have much I don't I, I couldn't like from this guess how this how the film was going to pan out I mean in the broad strokes yeah but not like oh this happens and then this happens it's not telling you the story as badly as lots of trailers tend to yeah it, it's it's definitely broader like you said broader strokes so it you know it leaves the people watching the trailer to fill in the blanks on what could happen, and then we'll find out once the actual movie hits theaters. Yeah. Sorry, I, I said I was going to be fine, but I am. <laughs> I guess I am a bit sniffly. That's okay. Um, you it, you seem to be coming in just fine. Like I haven't. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it looks like an interesting movie. It's, uh, in lots of ways, like classic Disney, like there are lots of, it's, it's just, I'm getting like a vibe that like Robin Hood kind of had. Oh good, that wasn't just me. Okay. <laughs> like in how, uh, you know, the animals like upright walking around wearing clothes and just like a lot of the design sensibilities are very similar as well. Yeah, I wonder if they had that mindset when they were going into this idea. They like going def- back to older films where they had anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, no, I think, I think they're really, really aware of that. Um, yeah, Disney, like modern Disney are always quite aware of their history and what they're doing with their latest film and where that fits in. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it looks interesting. It looks, it looks, uh, it looks really funny. Yes, I'm, I'm, lo- of all the things I'm looking forward to this movie, other than the, uh, what looks to be like an interesting plot with animals, the animal, uh, characters are going back and forth between, you know, the civilized animal to like actual, you know, what we consider to be animal, like behavior. Um, it does look like it's gonna be very, very funny. <laughs> like, I mean, Come on, they had like a Godfather joke reference at the very end of the trailer. That's always that's always good for some laughs. What is that thing like? He's like a little mole or something. And yeah, like a, like a shrew. It looked like. Mm. And he has like you know giant eyebrows and uh, his eyes are basically shut. And the daughter comes in, it's like, "What did I tell you about icing people on my wedding?" It's like I got to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it looks, it looks like fun. It looks, um, yeah, it looks fun. It, 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 was this directed by Rich Moore? Is that right? Oh, goodness. I'm not sure. Yes. I, yeah, I think, Moore, yeah, it was. Aaron Howard, who directed Tangled and Bolt. And I love both of those movies, so I feel like this movie's probably yeah. in good hands. Wreck-It Ralph was on TV over the holidays and, like, I think I actually like that film more than Frozen. <laughs> it's <laughs> so entertaining and the characters are just great and it's really, it's, it's like, it, it does, it is a Disney movie, but there are lots of things which feel like contemporary about it. And it yeah. feels similar in that, in that sense, I think. I, I totally agree. That's out of all the modern Disney films that have come out in the past couple of years, I'd, Wreck-It Ralph has got to be my top favorite. Mm, mm. It's just, I mean, I love, I love Tangled. As far as fairy tales go, that was probably the better. If you ask me, that was better than, uh, than Frozen. I know, blasphemy, but <laughs> I that Wait, that's how I, I feel. Thought Tangled was better than Frozen. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, just overall film in general. Maybe, maybe because it was the video game characters that always endeared me. So, but. Yeah. To wreck it, Ralph. But it was just, it was so creative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think that's maybe a similar sensibility that I get about, like, Zootopia. I'm just going to call it Zootopia. Um, where, like, they are just seriously saying, 
you know, what joke can we get into this little corner of this world? Mm-hmm. If we're taking, taking advantage of the fact that we have all these animals mm-hmm. in, the, in the same area, all pretending to be, you know, more like people when they are still deep down animals, like it says in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to, like, really fulfill the, um, like, Disney's public service of ha- ensuring that every generation, like, has enough furries. And enough uh, children that have, like, you know, um, unanswered sexual questions about animals. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was wondering if that was going to come up in this conversation at any point. Because. There, I mean, come on, like that shot of the, um, the gazelle surrounded by the, uh, the, the, the tigers in, um, sparkly pants. They know what they're doing. They certainly do. <laughs> hey, people. I mean, I, I'm yeah, not, like you said, this is this is a multi generational thing. I'm sure that there are plenty of people asking that question when they were looking at uh, Maid Marian and. Uh, yeah, in, the, Disney, the Disney conspiracists are going to have a field day with this. Oh the boy. See, the ones that see all sorts of, um, you know, things like like the word sex and the uh, effects animation in Lion King, they're gonna. Have a field day with it. Yeah, no, it, it looks fun. It looks fun. And <laughs> like, like you said, actually, at the start, I've seen enough now, and I just want to see the film. Yeah, I think that's that's the last trailer we should see before going to actually see the film. I think we're probably going to have like one more, one more that probably actually probably really clearly sets up like the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's still uh, about three months away from release so you know and then there'll be like tv spots and you know other things to avoid <laughs> yeah but, uh, speaking of uh well no finish finish yourself first no no, 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 no that was it that was done. <laughs> well uh speaking of uh more trailers are, are approaching release dates i think the another animated film that should be coming out really soon that just had another trailer or two put up on uh, the internet and TV was uh, Kung Fu Panda 3, which I think got a bit more exposure of what's going to be happening in that film also. Mm. There were were trailers for that um, at Star Wars over the holidays. Yeah. And I think one of the ones I think I saw, it wasn't when I went to see Star Wars, but um, it was on, I just kind of poked around the internet and I found it and it was... uh, a really funny parody of Jukebox Hero, uh, song, uh, sung by Jack Black as saying, uh, Nunchuck Princess, but with the, uh, one, uh, panda girl that's gonna be, uh, I think Poe is gonna train along with the other pandas. Alright. It, it was quite funny. <laughs> cool. And, yeah, no, that's, um, that's due out at the end of the month, right? The end of Yeah, January. just closer to the end of January. Cool, cool. No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I think the UK release is like in March. Is it all the way in March? Yeah. Um. So, uh, I think the reason for that is that actually, like, typically in the UK, January and February, like, and a little bit of March is like good movie season. Mm-hmm. Which is, I know not the way how it is in the US at all, but the reason for that is like, 
all the good movies are saved for them because it's like um, in award season, basically. Mm-hmm. And when all the awards movies are being talked about, that's when they're released. So like the new Tarantino movies being released next week. And, you know, a lot of like awardsy sh- movies um, are released in January. So I think they probably feel like that's that Jan- that January is like the domain of those movies, and then like the bigger things start coming around like March. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I know the um, the movie seasons in the U.S. is paced. It's only it, it it circles around two two times of the year: the big summer blockbusters, mm-hmm. um, and the Christmas holiday season. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Just you know those two. Two opposing seasons where you have all the big action movies and fun, you know, kids movies in the um, in the summer, and then you have like one or two, you know, released in between, and then you get into the Christmas holiday season where you have some more big blockbuster big blockbuster movies that weren't able to make uh, make it to the summer season, but then you have yeah. a whole like scattered out releases of uh, a bit more um, yeah, there's also higher like, end films. I also noticed like recently there's like the pre summer movie like spring like you know like the marvel movies being released in april yeah 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 so anyway um yeah kung fu panda 3 looks fun it's actually another case where it's like okay i've seen enough trailers now (laughs) i get that he's gonna go to you know this uh this hidden kingdom of pandas and his real dad comes back, and that's enough. Yep. It looks funny. Yep. It looks good. <laughs> we've, we've basically said as much as we can about it, which is one of the tougher aspects of, uh, you know, this, you know, in between the Christmas and, uh, you know, New Year time period is just so slow because there's really, other than a couple trailers further expounding on movies that we've already, you're going to be preparing for for a while. There's really not much else going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um... Yeah, so, uh, that's, like, probably going to be, like, the next, you know, a couple of big animated movies that we're going to be looking forward to and enjoying. Agreed, yeah. And moving on a little bit more, there's another, uh, bit of news that I uh, thought we should probably just get out in the open since I'm, I'm personally excited for it and I know everyone else who's watches, uh, who watches who watches Gravity Falls are more than right. likely looking forward to it is uh, the air date for the final episode of uh, Weird Mageddon Part 3 is going to be coming up on February 15th, 2016 and uh, I know uh, Jill and I are going to be probably talking about that in length when we uh, meet up with it. We meet up again in, uh, I think, around the time, maybe before it airs, and then we'll just kind of talk, you know, discuss our feelings about the uh, part two, which uh, was interesting. I'll just say that for now. Little little teaser. And then... Uh-huh. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, I'm, I'm really interested in, like, the series that made you react that way, <laughs> like it sounds like you enjoyed it, but no, I did. I just I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh no, sure, but it's it's just like it's it's really cool that it's still surprising, you know, 
and that like the conclusion is still like managing to surprise you and shock you a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to catch up on that series. Yeah, where did you leave off? Episode one. <laughs> no, I think, I think I think I watched like three episodes, and then I watched a later one that was like Dipper's. Um, Dipper had like a clone. There was a magic photocopier. Oh right! Oh, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that one, but um, I just didn't get into the groove of watching it. Like every night or whatever so uh i just need to you know like marathon it i guess yeah it is a bit of a for me i remember too it was a bit of a slow start but once like i got into like a, say i think midway through the first season i think uh i think that's when i finally you know got on the gravy train with everyone else and just enjoyed the ride for what it was mm-hmm. which is uh i know people and you know, one of the thing that's, that still surprised me when i found out about it later on was the fact that this is in fact going to be like the the final the the, the series finale it's not just the season finale it's the series yeah. finale. so that's i've got to give the creators props that is a that is bold to just you know look at their look at a show that's already you know still doing you know really strong in the ratings and it's very popular but they're just saying no we've told our complete story we're gonna we're gonna stop it there mm-hmm. and what what's even more cool i think is like the fans understand it, it seems. I mean, yeah, there, I think there are a couple. There are a couple uh, holdouts are still hoping. It's like, oh no, it can't be over yet. But uh, yeah, well, I think you're the general yeah, reaction. Yeah, you're gonna have that. But you don't have like everyone can just like see, you know, because there are plenty of things which go on far 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 longer than they ought to, and become oh, yes. a bit tired, and have kind of disappointingly overdue bowels out, as it were, like, I know, just like, you know, networks just do that, you know, like Parks and Recreation and The Office just went on, like, one or two seasons longer than they ought to have done. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sign of uh, good taste, I think, with being able to say, you know, you told your story and just, we're going to let it rest. Yeah. Let it, no, let it cool. be what it was. The limited series thing, um, works, you know, it worked really well for, um, for Cartoon Network with, uh, Over the Garden Wall. Oh yes, definitely. So, and I, th- I, th- I, I think Disney see, you know, they they have amazing talent and amazing shows like happening themselves, but I think they see Cartoon Network as like the one blazing the trail and if they see Cartoon Network getting into like limited series then and get you know, and like getting Emmys and the rest of it, then I wouldn't be surprised that they follow suit with that. Yeah, I agree. And it's it I hope it's a, contr- a trend that continues because it's Leading to a lot more uh, quality, quality animation and oh, on both. Yeah, and like the sorts of, there's not been a cartoon show like that before. Um, really, you know, the sorts of stories that cartoons are used to telling are like either 15 minute episodes 
or you know, twenty like it's either The Simpsons basically and Family Guy. Or, yeah, standalone episodes. Yeah, or like the SpongeBob like cartoon model where you have fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes. And yeah, the fact that I don't know, I I think anime really did prepare audiences <laughs> in a in a good way for for those types of shows. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a, it's, it's, like it's, it's, where, it's where everything's headed as well now. Like you know, um, I I saw uh, something the other day where someone was saying that the way that like you know that Netflix releases their shows where they have whole seasons and people can sometimes consume a whole season like in a day or a weekend mm-hmm. um, it's actually like a new genre of it, it's almost like a new art form it's not necessarily a new way to watch because there are things that are more acceptable to audiences to do with narrative if you're consuming things like that um than if you say how to watch like week by week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think audiences like are ready and younger audiences also like are are fine with that sort of thing. So yeah, that that'll be uh that'll be exciting for Gravity Falls to end and uh Yeah, also, and see what the creators are planning on doing next. That's I mean if- Yeah, they've gotta be up to something. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't quit without <laughs> having an idea of where they wanted to go next. Indeed. Moving along with, I think our should be our last uh, news topic of the day. Um, the uh, Studio Ghibli movie only yesterday, which is uh, was um, I believe we announced previously that it's going to be coming to North America this mm-hmm. year and uh, have a limited release uh, thanks to G Kids is. Uh, they think they finally announced the which theaters and the dates and theaters that they're going to be releasing the film, and uh, that's you know very varying from different lo- uh, locations: some New York, Los Angeles, California, San Francisco, Berkeley, Washington, San Diego, Portland, and Philadelphia, just to name a few. But um, I know I'm definitely going to be making my way to the Philadelphia. Location just uh, I think really that's going to be on January first for most of those locations, and then I think there's going to be a secondary showing on um, or secondary showings on March 11th and March 18th. That's such a treat. That's such a treat. That's amazing. I'm I'm still like just in awe of how much love two kids have for the film like that because you know lots of things, lots of movies do get re-releases, but usually they're just at, like one or two capital cities and you know not capital cities but like big cities and then there's a DVD release that follows shortly yeah that's how it normally works they're giving it such a genuine like they really want people to get out and watch it and they're giving people that opportunity by getting it in quite a few cities for for a film that's um like uh, 20 um Nearly 26 years old. Yeah, I guess it shows how much of a, you know, Studio Ghibli's built a reputation in the U.S. Maybe they're just, that's why they're pushing it. Maybe that's one of the reasons they're pushing it so much. I think so. I think so. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it's it will be it will be cool. Um, I watched the trailer, and the trailer is really good. They've put together a really really good trailer, I think. That um does a really good job of like getting the feeling of the movie across. Sweet, I I, I believe it or not, I I haven't had a chance to actually watch that yet. Though I have seen, I think I remember watching a trailer of it, like a fan made trailer a while back, I think it was last year, that someone did and showed me, you know, showed different snippets of the film. And I have to say the animation depth was definitely striking, at least during the um, one or two, I think, was it dream sequences that, had, yeah. that, that occur in the film? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Where I think it was, that served as the inspiration for um, The Cat Returns, I believe. Oh, right. You might... I think you're thinking of um, Whisper of the Heart. Oh dang it! I'm getting I'm getting my movies confused. Oh, and I call myself a Ghibli fan. <laughs> well, that's all right because you know they all look quite similar, <laughs> and particularly only yesterday in Whisper of the Heart, they're both you know like semi uh, semi urban, and you know yeah, you can easily get them mixed up. Uh, still, I just like I'm now. I'm looking at my, I'm just staring at my collection of Miyazaki movies right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> I have, I have failed you. I have. Uh, but I, one thing that was like, really interesting, was that um, so the main uh, lead, the 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 two lead actors that they have, yeah, doing the voices for the for the US dub. Are Daisy Ridley and Dev Patel? Whoa, really? Yeah, uh, Daisy Ridley, who is like you know, well, now the world's biggest star. Star Wars. <laughs> it's yeah. like you said, Daisy Ridley. Like I mean, my, my my mind immediately goes Star Wars. Yeah, and Dev Patel, who's uh, an English actor and probably best known for his role um, as the lead character in Slumdog Millionaire. Huh. Um, and watching the trailer was really interesting because it sounds like Daisy Ridley is doing an American accent for the main character, and Dev Patel is an, doing an English accent. Um, and it's interesting because um, in the movie, the two main characters, the 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 woman, um, I think she's called. Taiko um, she has like a, she, she comes from the city and she's very urban and suburban and then the character that she meets who is voiced by Dev Patel is um, like a farm boy Ah. so perhaps it's an attempt in some way to try and communicate how they are different hmm. with accent because you know, there are, there are things that um, can get lost in translation. Yeah, definitely. And, I, and, and, and one is that, um, uh, you know, there are accents that different languages may have that we might not hear. And you yeah. can't you put them across in subtitles because... And, and actually, sometimes they, they try to do it. Um, it's quite interesting. So, so like, anime series will make use of the full palette of American accents when 
um, trying to match that. Yeah. To, um, to character types and to class systems. Uh, you know, like, rural characters will just, like, be from the South. Yeah, they'll have, they'll have the Southern accent and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, American Southern accent to be specific. Yeah. And so, then... so, may, so maybe that's something that, like, the original movie had and that Japanese speakers would have understood that was lost in the subtitles and they're trying to add it back, maybe, into the dub. It's possible. But they, yeah. I, I can't think of any other reason why they might be trying to change the accents or have the actors portray different accents. But it would be, I'm, it, it's I'm, still going to be interesting. I'm almost certain that's why they've done it. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely film, and it's it's so cool that it's getting um, the fuss that it deserves because it's it's um, you know it was ignored by Disney basically because it wasn't Totoro, and because it deals with some slightly more mature themes. It's like a very PG PG. Oh. Um, I, I think it was rated PG in America. It's a PG in the UK. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was released in DVD, on, on DVD in the UK, and it wasn't in the US, uh, because it would have, at the time, uh, it would have been Disney releasing it, and it's yeah. not in line with Disney's, uh, image. Not enough, not enough fantasy for Disney, I think. Well, not enough fantasy, and it kind of, like, appreciates genuine realities about how preteen kids talk and the issues that they have and then it also has like you know like a bathing scene which is probably not you know um which which yeah, that's, that's like, typically a no-no well it, it just like it it, fe- it just features like casual quite casual child nudity in a fashion that disney would probably you know, come under fire for or whatever. So, um, yeah, no, but it, go and see it. It's such a, it will be a treat to see that on the, on, in, in cinemas. Yeah, I've, I've actually never, never been to a, a Philadelphia cinema. This cinema. <laughs> Can't oh, really? talk today. Uh, but yeah, I, I normally, the most of the, the theaters that I go to are, Bit closer to uh, in Delaware, but yeah. You know, so it's not. It's definitely a lot closer, a lot closer to see than having to go all the way to New York. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. I'll have to grab a couple of my friends and uh, and make sure to mark that date out in my calendar. Yeah, it's a lovely film. It's a lovely film. Hopefully, if I watch it, I can actually remember to distinguish it from other Miyazaki movies. <laughs> You will. You will. You will undoubtedly be able to do that because Takahata is very different to Miyazaki. Well, yeah, I've, I, I'm, I think I got that uh, understanding when we were talking about uh, Tale of Princess Kaguya. And... Yeah, it, it's, it's weird because like he does like dip into fantasy, but he does it in a very different way to Miyazaki. And in all uh, honesty, I think I actually, not no offense to Miyazaki-san and every, all the wonderful stuff that he's done, but. I actually think in terms of just my own personal preference, I think I'm actually finding myself that I actually like Takahata's style more. Really? Yeah. He, he, he understands, um, I think honestly he's, he's good at making movies 
which um, play well to audiences. Mm-hmm. And he really, um, he kind of, he has like a really, really good sense of humor and a wit and a kind of, he doesn't have the same kind of dreamy logic as Miyazaki. Yeah. He has a bit more of a logistical logic, I guess. A bit more, a bit more down to earth. I feel like if Miyazaki's mm-hmm. up there in the clouds, you know, because with all the the various, you know, his love of, of light and everything that you see in almost every one of his films, then Takahata is a bit more, a bit more down to earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm thinking like if I were to show a one of these movies like my parents or like my dad, I would say I'd probably show him like. Only yesterday or my neighbors are your matters before I show them like spirited away or um uh you know house moving castle probably. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah, um, um that's is is that uh, all the news? That's pretty much all the news, yeah. We um like I said, not not too much going on, but uh that Slowly. just lets us get back on to uh we can talk about what we've uh, seen since Christmas. <laughs> if we haven't seen anything well, other than Christmas films. Um, I've seen the start of a lot of movies <laughs> over Christmas. I've seen, like, the first, like, 20 minutes before I've fallen asleep. Just <laughs> way too cozy. Um, I had a chance to... Like, tur- turkey belly from uh, Christmas or Christmas ham. Yeah, that and just general s- sloth. Like you know, general holiday sloth. Yeah, it's great. Just <laughs> um, but I had a chance to like rewatch a couple of things. Rewatch Inside Out. Oh, um, that's always worth a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Started watching SpongeBob. Uh, Sponge out of water. Oh, that was the most recent one, right? Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep in front of that. <laughs> Uh, no, I want to watch Frozen fans. again. I watched Frozen and it was a lot better than I remember it being. Really? Yeah, I, I sort of, I had the idea in my head that Frozen was a good idea that didn't quite follow through as strongly as it could have. In, it's like, basically it's a musical. That stops being a musical 45 minutes before the end. Um, yeah, but it really bothered me a lot less this time. And I think it's a really strong, it's classic, really. It is. I mean, that's, and in terms of that, I can understand why it's so, it, it became as popular as it did. Yeah. But I still don't think it's, the best thing to have come out of Disney animation, uh, Disney's animation studios, at least yeah. not within the past several years. Uh huh. Do you, really do you mean as like an overall movie or? As an overall movie, yeah. Uh huh. And even, um, since I'm familiar with the Hans Christian Andersen, uh, story that it was based off of, The Snow Queen. Well, like, it's really, really loosely based. Oh off. my god, so loosely. Like if, like, I dare anyone who was a fan of Frozen to try and look into the original story of the Snow Queen if you have, if you aren't familiar, already familiar with it and just look and how, see how different it is. I mean, 
I can see where they drew, I, where they drew their parallels with that story with the Frozen to a certain yeah. extent, but um, it's still just so different. Like it's mm-hmm. it's I, I mean it's just... there, actually there's a really really interesting. Um, I saw Frozen um, at a preview screening in London and uh, Jennifer Lee. Um, was she, is she, was she a writer director of the movie? I think she co-directed it. And I she was think also a writer. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. Yes. It. She, let's see. Da, 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 just checking it. Yeah, she co-directed it. Um, but she was also like really heavily involved with the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I think she's credit, the screenplay is credited to her. Okay. Um, and she was talking about like, how they were trying to adapt to Snow Queen for a long time. And she said there were many things that she found that were kind of at the core of the story, which were actually weirdly inappropriate for a Disney movie. Ah. And she said, and she said like, there was a lot of like sexual stuff that she just found very, um, hard to avoid in adapting it truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a great, um, podcast that she was on I think um, Script Notes which is like a screenwriting podcast okay she um, there's a really interesting interview with her and she talks about like the challenge of adapting that story and how it turned into its own thing yeah and why it turned into its own thing which I think is an interesting story in itself yeah, so, yeah really I saw, how, it, how it became um, the way it did mm-hmm uh, and that was like the movies I saw. Did you did you see much? Did I see what? I'm sorry. Did you see much? That was oh. like the movies I saw. Oh, um, really? not between Christmas and uh, New Year's, not a whole hell of a lot. But I did see. Uh, I did actually have a mini movie night with um with my boyfriend actually on New Year's Day when we had both we both had time off and uh, we got to watch two very. Uh, Similar yet different anima- uh, animated movies, um, one of which I had never seen, believe it or not, I had never seen before, and I'm finally I got a chance to see it, the 1998 Ghost in the Shell film. I had never seen that before. and Oh, right. Yeah. It was, I considering the fact this movie came out in 1998, I was just, my jaw hit the floor when you know I saw you the animation. Drop, your jaw might drop a little further because I think it actually came out in 95. What? <laughs> you serious? Yeah, no, it did. It was two, uh, 95. Oh my god. That That movie was just eye candy from start to finish. I could, I like... Uh. I was, I mean, it's, I know a lot of people make the whole, you know, comparison with like the Ghost in the Shell is, uh, is basically anime Blade Runner and I can see where they make that connection. Oh yeah, okay. But it's just, like one of the things that just struck me about it is just the fact that every action sequence or even like the slower scenes where you have the characters talking philosophically, you know, philosophically like, you know, about it, what is reality now that we're mostly machine, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I just, it was beautiful to watch from, you know, just from like this, the smallest of motions to like the big action sequences to. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, 
I was really surprised when I saw it because it wasn't the movie I expected it to be. I yeah. It, it's it's pretty, like, um, basically conventional. Like, it has... It's generally entertaining and easy to follow. Easy enough to follow. Easy enough to follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, like, it's... You know, there are lots of scenes that, like, kind of take their time. There's a whole, like, transitional sequence that is just, like, shots of um, the city. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I remember that sequence. There were, There's no dialogue other than the whatever's being sung in the any background dialogue? music. I don't and think you just... there's any characters. Um, I think the main character is... Uh, she's shown once or twice. Right. Throughout the whole thing, but yeah, the other like that entire sequence was just various shots of the city and you know people yeah. doing their thing, and it was just—it's quite unique, really. It made Still. this world seem so freaking huge that I actually I wanted to learn more about it. Which unfortunately, yeah. I think that as far as the plot went of the actual film, we didn't get to explore as much of that as I wanted. But yeah. I think that's why the other. Um, the other mediums for the Ghost in the Shell story, like the, te- the television shows and the other movies, are for, I, I believe. I, I, yeah, yeah, the, the TV show, um, yeah, like, I think that's why the TV show happened, really, because there are potentially hundreds of stories that you can tell in this arena. Um, but, like, as you were saying about the... The fact that there, it felt huge and there were lots of things that you weren't able to explore. I think that's what the best sci-fi does. Yes. Star Wars starts in the middle of a battle and you're thrown in and you're just, you know, you don't know exactly what's going on, uh, when it comes to like, you know, oh, who, who's the Empire? Who's Rebel Alliance? And who are these guys? It's just like, no, I, I'm kind of intrigued. And you mm-hmm. follow along. And I goes in the shell kind of starts in a similar way, right? It Where pretty much just, does. You're thrown in the middle and you're like, wow, what's going on? I don't know, but I believe the very first like sequence of uh shots is where you see our main the main character and she's uh she's listening in on a whole bunch of people, like I think the people she's targeting, and then you know, you hear the other voices of her companions in her head, like, you know, com- you know, complete talking and like through their cybernetic connection. And then all of a sudden you see her take her clothes off and then she falls down and then she, you know, blows a guy's head off and then just like completely vanishing in like this, like, uh, high tech, uh, invis- invisibility cloak. And then that's, then pretty much mm-hmm. the credit, the opening credits roll. And I'm just like, okay, I have no idea what's going on, but I am definitely in- interested. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what the heck just happened. Who died? Why was why didn't she have to take her clothes off and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, she didn't really. It was like there there there, there is like definitely um actually I think Chris mentioned before that <laughs> there were like notes from the um from the from the funding body who were just like, yeah, there's more boobs, please. But um and also, it is an anime without without at least one shot. Yeah, uh, it's but um, you probably rewatch it and get more out of it. I certainly do. I return to it every now and again, and 
I'll, uh, have, I'll have to borrow so, it again. Yeah, I get something new out of it every time I watch it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, like I said, I'm still left with a lot of questions about exactly how the film concluded. But even though my uh, my boyfriend who was watching it with me, he uh, he he tried to fill in the blanks as much as he could because I know he's seen it a lot more than I have. Yeah. But even even so, I would still want to watch it again. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's worth it's worth checking out. And like, there is a just from a technical standpoint, it's incredible. There's some amazing animations. You there. swore it was like mid two thousands animation, but mm-hmm. no, it's it's nineteen ninety five. I'm like ninety five. Yeah, mate, when they first started, like. You know, incorporating digital camera techniques, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a little bit of like very basic CG going on. It was just enough. It was it was perfect. It would it could not have been any more perfect if it tried. But there is also like still exquisite um, <laughs> hand drawn animation. Mm-hmm. I would love to see more. I would love to see an uh, some like and even if it wasn't anime, but like. Um, some kind of, you know, animation, whether it was in the U.S. or in Japan, just kind of maybe just, like, do a, another film, maybe not Ghost in the Shell-related, but another another film in general just based on that style. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think, like, the, st- the style really is... There are a few animators involved in the movie, like um, Mitsura Iso and um, Hiroyuki... Uh, Oh my goodness, the guy who directed, so like the guy who actually directed The Letter from Momo. Yeah. Um, he animated on Ghost in the Shell. Oh. And he has like a real, um, I think actually if you watch Ghost in the Shell and The Letter to Momo, mm-hmm. um, you can probably actually see the similarities in like just how meticulously realistic, uh, humans are. And there's a really like strong attention to detail. Um, oh, and he also directed um, Jin Ro. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, which is like um, a 1999 anime, uh, like sci-fi movie, which is spiritually got like you know similarities with Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I think I've, I think I heard the title before, but I've, that's another one of those movies that Actually, I haven't had the time to watch. I would say if you're looking for something which is similar, then that is it. Okay, well I'll make yeah. I'll make sure to make a note of that. Yeah, um, add that to the list. But yeah, the 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 later Ghost in the Shell stuff, like there was a there was a second movie, which was in a way like a bit more philosophical than this one. Whoa, that's that's saying a lot. Yeah, in a way, and uh, which is like, which is really interesting as a a movie, as a sequel as well, because it's a bit like, it's a bit more, um, more Blade Runnery actually, like a bit calmer. Even more Blade Runnery than 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 this one. When I say Blade Runnery, is like you know how Blade Runner is actually kind of boring and kind of slow. Yes. I mean, I love it, that's, but it, that's part of the appeal, in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 more like Blade Runner in that sense. And then there are um, a couple of TV shows which they did, um, which quite smartly kind of re because the movie happens in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and the series 
relocates in a sort of soft rebooty kind of way to Japan. Yeah. Uh, to, to Tokyo, I think. And, um, they tell, um, they tell a few, um, episodical stories, which are just like standalone episodes. And then there are like wider, um, there's a wider story arc. Uh, and, and they're, they're quite good for what they are. Like, obviously it's TV, so the production isn't quite as amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'd recommend them if you like the movie. Definitely. I, I, I definitely did enjoy this movie a whole hell of a lot. So I, anything, anything tied to it, I will definitely yeah. check out. I've, I've heard that the recent movies are not as good. I haven't seen them myself. Um, I've heard that they're a bit pants. Oh, okay. But I'm not going to say anything because I haven't seen them. <laughs> yeah, well, wait, wait till I actually see it, then I'll then I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. See how how they hold up. But um, the only other thing that I had um, time to watch that was actually something that I already seen that I got my boyfriend to watch when uh, on, on New Year's Day was um, the uh, DC animated uh, film uh, based on the Batman Beyond television show that came out in the late 90s called uh, The Return of the Joker. Oh, okay. Um, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it was basically supposed to be kind of like a... Um, I believe it was supposed to be like a bookend for the series because it, it got... I don't know if it got cancelled or if it just like stopped after a certain point, but... Uh... Oh, you know what? I uh, One of my friends really, really rates this movie. <laughs> I remember and that. for good reason. Okay. Because it was ju- it it was it is amazing. It is definitely an animation upgrade from the television show, even though you still it still definitely keeps the same style this as the show did. Yeah. And but it was like... the stakes were definitely a lot higher in uh, this movie because obviously you know somehow some way even af- even though. Uh, Bruce Wayne is old and gray, and most of all of his old foes are gone as well, including his primary adversary, the Joker. The Joker somehow, some way, just comes comes out of the shadows and uh, basically is going to start tearing, terrorizing Gotham again. And yeah, it's now that Bruce can't do anything about it, he has to rely on uh, the new Batman, Terry McGinnis, to confront him. No, that you right. mean, even okay. that takes so, a while. So this, so this was like, um, I remember Batman, Batman Beyond really vaguely. It was, uh, it, it, yeah, it was, it was like a slightly more modern. Is that right? Yeah, like, it was, it was definitely like, it, it was, it was funny because I watched, we watched this after, um, after Ghost in the Shell because this is also like a semi-futuristic setting mm-hmm. with, you know, flying cars and, uh, you know, just like these really tall, uh, Metropolis, like skyscrapers, mm-hmm. and just all this kind of futuristic tech, and it was, and, uh, it, it was, it was really you know, kind of keeping with the genre, like of you know, futuristic like style films. But this one was a bit more, almost I wouldn't say it would be more dark and gritty because Ghost in the Shell was pretty, pretty gritty, pretty gritty and pretty violent. <laughs> yeah, pretty gritty and pretty violent. So was this film. So we had we, my boyfriend and I had a trend right. when we were when we chose our movies to watch. <laughs> It, that, that's interesting because, like, it was it was a straight-to-video movie, right? 
Yes, it was. It did not, I don't believe it got a theatrical release. Yeah, because, like, there was the TV series, which probably had to be, like, TV Y7, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, so, so, so you're saying, like, with this movie, they were able to be a bit truer to the ideas? Because essentially, like, the Joker is a really dark character, and I think it's really kind of weird whenever the Joker is in the cartoon, because it's kind of an odd character to, like, having a kid show, really. Yeah, an odd character having the kid show, and then having, you know, to tone him down, tone him down somewhat, and I will admit they did, they probably did in overall in the original animated series, but, um... They still were able to get away with a hell of a lot with it with him, and especially this is the movie where they kind of uh, pulled out all the stops. Though they had to be extremely careful because uh, I remember reading up on this movie's history. It came out, or it was going to be coming out the, out around the same time as the um, I think it was the Columbine. Shooting. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they actually did when they first aired it on TV. They had they did have to make some serious uh, edits to like, some of the darker parts of the story. Yeah. Involving the Joker, and, um... Yeah, but they did eventually release the, um... the uncut version on DVD, which is the version that I watched with, uh... at home, and, uh... It's... Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, I can understand why you wouldn't want to air that around the same time. (laughs) Right, right. It's... It's... It's not nice. (laughs) To say the least. But it's it yeah, still I, made I, it more yeah. of an intense film. It's that, that that's something which I never I I always heard good things about it. I heard good things about the animated series movie Mask of Phantasm. Oh yes, also uh, a very excellent film. Yeah, so I really gotta go back one day and uh, and check those out. It'll definitely be worth it. And I think that was pretty much all that I had the time to watch. I mean, like I said, it's been I've been pretty pretty lethargic myself with thanks to the holidays. But uh, yeah. now that now that yeah. we finally reached the new year and uh, things should start calming down, where we can finally get back into the swing of things. But um, other than oh, that, yeah, actually, also over the uh, so as I said on our Christmas episode, like as per like tradition. Mm-hmm. Christmas means Ardman and ah yes the BBC showed like all the Wallace and Gromit shorts uh, and I caught a couple and they showed a great documentary which sort of told the history of Ardman uh, oh that sounds fantastic it goes way way back to like the 70s um and just two guys, uh, I think it's Dave Sproxton and Peter Lord. Uh, and yeah, it was a really, really like, um, passionate, like documentary basically about what films they've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, like their cultural impact. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty strong. I think, from a UK perspective, at least. Yeah, I uh, remember... Um, oh, finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, no, that's it. I was done. <laughs> I remember when I uh, first moved to uh, to London. That's I When I stayed there, I think it was around age of seven, 
when I first moved there. And I would, I, that's why it's well, during that time there where I was introduced to Wallace and Gromit. And I think I remember watching it. Like, what year was that? Ah, uh, that was before, that was in the late 1990s. So that was like, um, 1997, 1998. And we were there till 1999 into the 2000. So, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there was actually any Wallace and Gromit like being made around that time. No, it wasn't made, but uh, I did I um I did see several episodes or uh right, or I see, yes. Yeah. I remember they would always show one in uh in school cuz I did go to a um a traditional school where you had to wear the uniform and all that and whenever there was a time where during I think it was I think indoor recess where we would they would always have like some kind of uh video playing and one of those was always like this one episode of Wallace and Gromit where uh, Wallace wants to go up to the moon so he can get some cheese. Yeah, that's the first. That's the first film. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, so I wanted, I just wanted to know. Okay, which one was that? Was that the first? Yeah, first that was one the first or? one. That's wow. kind of the nice thing about them is like they don't really have much of an order. Mm-hmm. You can just watch them out of sequence, and it's fine. And um, it was fun. I loved it. Yeah, I, that's just, those movies are just like part of me, really. They really are. <laughs> it's just, I watch them so much. I just, moments and sounds and jokes and images just ingrained in my memory forever. Um, <laughs> so and how I was the doc- the rest of the doc- documentary? It was great. They had, they had, you know, they had, um, they, they, they talked a little bit about the decision to uh, merge with DreamWorks a bit. Oh. And there was, like, it was quite honest as well. There was lots of talk about, like, Jeffrey Katzenberg not completely getting their spirit. Hmm. Um, which is interesting because it was something that I, I had heard before from someone who was there at the time mm-hmm. uh, and they basically there, there, there was the story that I heard was that um, Jeffrey Katzenberg basically tried to explain to, <laughs> explain to these these guys like you know um, well this is great and all but he doesn't really seem to learn anything <laughs> and they were like that's the joke Yes, <laughs> like, that yeah. is that is the point of his character. We know. Um, so I think like there was definitely a clash of, you know, Arvin started on a kitchen table, mm-hmm. two guys with a Bolex camera, making short films, and um, I think that spirit is still in their movies today, and I think that clashed. With Katzenberg's philosophy, really. Um, yeah. So they they basically talked about like how how uh, like when they were making Chicken Run, their um, Katzenberg would like arrive and he'd want to give them notes and they'd pretend not to be in and avoid him, <laughs> all sorts. So yeah, it's a good documentary. Uh, I'm sure you would probably be able to hunt it down on YouTube soon. And they okay, have lots cool. of um, good like talking heads. Uh, with like actors who had voiced parts in the film, like Martin Freeman showed up a lot, and Bill Nye. Um, 
uh, yeah, so it was a good it was a good uh, documentary, really. Yeah, because um, I've always wanted to learn more about the um, Ardman animation because it was it always is just, it's so I, different from yeah. anything I've ever seen before. Like that's one of the things that when I first watched that first Wallace and Gromit movie that just struck me so much, and it was like, wow, it looks like it just it looked like nothing else, and I just wanted to know more about it. But yeah, just, yeah. the, the avenue didn't exist at the time for me to really look into it, but now I have the chance. Mm, no, you should because they have a very, very interesting history. They have a few histories, really. Um, like they, you know, did lots of commercials and music videos and short films, and uh, yeah, no. So it was, it was, it was a lovely documentary, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also on, I think Boxing Day, there was a uh, Shaun the Sheep special. Oh, how was that? It was great. It was. Uh, <laughs> In classic Shaun the Sheep style, you know, no dialogue. Um, lots of, like, brilliant visual gags. And, uh, yeah, it was a good story. It's called The Farmer's Llamas. And it basically involves the farmer who Sean lives with um, accidentally buying and adopting some llamas. Oh, are like bad influence brat punk <laughs> you know characters yeah who, who come in you know who 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 come onto the farm and cause havoc and resentment and all sorts and uh yeah no it's excellent it's uh it was yeah it was just it was just really funny they just they know what they're doing all the, the time. The ideas of llamas versus sheep is very amusing to me. <laughs> oh yeah, and and like the expressions that the llamas have, it's just like they're just constantly like lazy eyed, and they just look like they don't <laughs> give a shit about <laughs> you know anyone. These are the same animals that spit that can spit at you. Right. Yeah, I think there's lots of spitting in the film actually. <laughs> Perfect. It's like if they if they didn't have that, then something would be seriously wrong. But no, okay, that's yeah. good. Good to hear. <laughs> yeah, so that so that was cool. That was good. Like a, a a good old animated holiday special, which isn't which actually isn't at all Christmassy, which is uh, which is good because then they can play it at Easter and all through the year. Oh wow! Uh, but yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, not sure what else there's, um, other than, like, in terms of to say what we've been watching, since, like I said, the holidays has slowed things down considerably, but, um, because we've reached the, you know, 2016, we are, we can finally yeah. say goodbye to, uh, the year 2015 and, uh, son of a bitch, yeah. <laughs> but, in just terms of looking back, uh, Dan, what would you say, like, in just the overall, Oh my god. How many movies, how many type, different types of animated movies we had, you know, television uh-huh. shows, like, how, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that in terms of like how far we've made right. this particular, uh, genre of filmmaking and, you know, t- storytelling has come in just yeah. in this, just in this year. It's not a genre. Don't let Brad Bird hear you saying that. He'll. I'm he'll sorry, Brad Bird. I love you. <laughs> in the, in the, uh, I think in the, in the commentary to The Incredibles, he says that he will hit the next person who refers to <laughs> animation as a genre. 
Um, I don't mean it. Actually, that relates quite in a, in a nice way to how I think 2015 was. Okay. For me, so like, okay, going from UK release dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, early in the year, there was like Shaun the Sheep and Princess Kaguya. Mm-hmm. Actually, so, so before we before we get into that, <laughs> so one of like the things that is it's really easy basically to get tired of animated movies. Yeah. There are some years where there will be movie animated movies which are all the same. And I don't mean like telling the same story, but But seem similar. Seem really similar and seem like they are actually doing what you like said, like being a genre. And having the same type of humour, the same setups and payoffs and the same characters and the same Smirking characters on the poster, and you know, and and and, and movies like that, and uh, are why I understand people see animation as like a genre, and there's only being able to do one type of thing. And as we were coming into 2015, there was like the Peanuts movie and Shaun the Sheep and Inside Out coming out, and they really excited me because, I, particularly Shaun the Sheep, the movie, because I knew that they weren't going to try and make a uh, a Pixar movie in the sense that something that could make you laugh and cry and be one thing. Like the fact, so Shaun the Sheep doesn't have any dialogue. It's a ninety-minute silent movie. Uh, and when that came out, I was like, yeah, animation that's doing something different. <laughs> like, it's still for a wide audience. It's still entertaining. It's still got a good story, but it's using animation as a medium, not a genre. Exactly. Um, it, it seems like we're, it seems like if we went into 2015 with, uh, you know, in that mindset, and I think maybe, just maybe, with more and more filmmakers taking chances, I think we might be finally breaking out of that mold. At least, in more, at least in more of a broader sense, I think. Yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, I think that's 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 true. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And almost now, like with CG being a bit old and kind of established. In, in the minds of audiences, I think audiences are, are, are more open to their being, to animation being able to do CG, um, stop motion, traditional 2D, or like a hybrid, you know, like a Alvin and the Chipmunks or something. But that's, that's, that's good because it shows that stop motion and 2D have a place alongside CG movies. It leaves room for experimentation, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think 2015 was was a great year for animated movies. Like, okay, so just in the UK, it was Shaun the Sheep and then uh, Princess Kaguya and then 
SpongeBob, which was okay, but you know, it was an animated movie. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he had Inside Out and um, Song of the Sea. Oh, yeah, Song of the Sea, I know, is the, I mean, that was one of the, probably the bigger, bigger breakout movies, or the fact that it was, it was one of those few that came from a smaller, relatively smaller studio compared to, like, the likes of Disney and everything, and that was, that was a huge success. At least in my mind, it was. Uh, you know, yeah, Inside Out, uh, Song of the Sea, Peanuts, um, I was lucky enough to see Boy and the Beast, uh, which I can't wait to see. London Film Festival. Um, I also caught uh, when Marnie was there, and in the UK and the US, uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. Resurrection F came out. Uh, so when I look at those movies all together, yes, they're all mostly family movies. But they're all kind of using animation, at least visually, in in really interesting different ways. Yeah, I agree. You know, Peanuts looks nothing like Good Sign, Good Dinosaur, which looks nothing like Inside Out, which looks nothing like Princess Kaguya, which looks nothing like Shaun the Sheep, which looks nothing like, um, uh, you know, did, did I say Song of the Sea? <laughs> which you said nothing. Song. You, you didn't. You didn't say yeah, Song of the Sea. But you, but you get the idea. It's, yeah. It's, They're all uh, very unique, uniquely looking films. Like you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't see one and confuse it for the other. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a broad palette. There's a really broad palette. And I think, uh, that's exciting. I don't know how it's gonna be this year. Uh, I think. I don't know. We we get like all movies. You just get lucky years, and I think 2015 was a pretty strong year. Mm-hmm. It certainly. Uh, I I agree with you. And um, yeah. in hindsight, um, well, I'm looking forward to what 2016 could bring because um, I just so, like. So before we do that, could you like? Do you have a favorite movie, animated movie of 2015? Ooh, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, ooh, oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> yep. 2015. Ah, oh. Song of the Sea. Right. I wanna, I, in the bat, you know, I, I really wanna say Tale of Princess Kaguya because I do adore that movie. And, and yes. not, not just the, not just the fact that it was it came out of Studio Ghibli and it's a Takahata film, but just yeah, it, it just it it brought to life one of my favorite uh, Japanese fairy tales that I uh, remember you know learning about in school, and I just wanted to see it come to life, and it brought to life in a big way. But in terms of just the way of a, having a unique look, unique story, great characters, good pacing. And you know, from start to finish, I just I keep coming back to Song of the Sea. Right. Yeah, I think for me it was. It does. I I think I it does have a a few pacing problems for me. Mm-hmm. And there are a few things with the resolution which don't feel completely earned for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I it's it's um, I'm I'm really pleased that it's done as well as it has because uh, cartoon broods of all the success they get. Yeah, like if you had like it really. Uh, sorry, oh, cartoon saloon. Jesus yeah, for a second you said Cartoon Broom, like, wait, no, that's not the name of the studio. Yeah, no, Cartoon Saloon. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Hey, hey, at least I'm not the only one getting, getting things mixed up in this episode today, so that's... <laughs> um, we're, we're one for one now. I don't but... even go on Cartoon Brew anymore. I just got so <laughs> depressed. Aw. Well, it's just the same old, like... Anyway, so, um, okay, yeah. yeah I, if I twist my arm, I would have to say, you know, uh, Song of the Sea ekes right. into, you know, first place, though. It's a it's a really super-duper close three-way tie between Song of the Sea, Tale of Princess Kaguya, and Inside Out. Those are, if, I had to, if I had a top yeah. three, those would be my top three. My top, well, my top three are Sean the Sheep, Inside Out, Princess Kaguya. Hmm. I would say, and, and and the weird thing is, is like, okay, if I'm watching a movie tonight, I'd probably watch Inside Out. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't watch Princess Kia every night. Because <laughs> it's just... No, it's, it's a long movie. It's a long movie, and it's like really emotionally draining. Uh, it takes a lot out of me. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'd probably say Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it's it, it does it did so much. It really, you know, it's kind of like two movies. You have like the really nicely observed human world, and then you have the world inside Riley's head, mm-hmm. uh, which is like really ultra cartoony and pushing animation in that way. I think, yeah, it's just. I'm still really genuinely in awe of it. <laughs> in awe of just everything it managed to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, with some of the sea, I really want to like it more. But in my heart, I know, like, Inside Out is a better film. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the reason maybe, I don't know, if, if in terms of the fact it had, you know, a I would, I wouldn't say I want to say budget, but I'm not entirely sure if that's if that how the difference between that movie's budget and Song of the Sea's budget. Well, it's that, and it's also like the fact that you know it's Pete Doctor's blah, 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 third third is his third feature, third or fourth, I think. I think it might be his fourth. I think you're right, but you know he has a lot of experience, and mm-hmm. Tom Moore has made. Two movies. Yeah. And the process for them making movies is very, very different. So it's, that's fine. And the same thing is like, Sure on the Sheep was made by, uh, oh my goodness, uh, directed by, uh, Richard Starsack and Mark Burton, who, who are like, you know, who have been working in Ardman uh, for, for, for a long time, but, they don't have as much experience as Takahata. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, like, uh, Princess Kaguya really worked as well as it did because Takahata, 
he really he just speaks like gra- the grammar of animation filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I, I I can kind of cheat, and I'm gonna put like Kaguya as a 2013 film because that was when it first came out in Japan. Ah, oh, that's true, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> so you can cheat with that one. Yeah. That is, uh, I, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> but like, yeah, even though they weren't my favorite animated movies, 2015 was like, I enjoyed the Peanuts movie a lot. Um, actually, as interestingly enough, my prediction was right. And that, <laughs> sorry, someone really smug about that. <laughs> but, um, I expected that people in this country would respond to the Peanuts movie in such a way that they kind of demonstrated that they weren't familiar with it. Oh, and that's that's the response that it's getting in the UK. I've seen lots of people like saying it's boring. My kids didn't like it. The trailer made yes. it look a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, because the trailer's just all those shots of Snoopy. Um, Snoopy being in, Snoopy in the Red Baron scenes. And, yeah. yeah, and it's like it was also really strongly marketed in the UK as a Snoopy movie. That was a mistake. Kind of like a Shaun the Sheep movie, like, he's the star, and it's, yeah. So, uh, but I like that fine, and, um, The Boy and the Beast was really enjoyable. A good. Oh, I can't wait for that DVD release. A good, like, action movie from, well, there, there might be a, um, theatrical release, right? Not that I've heard of, but. Oh, is it Funimation doing? Yeah, it's gonna, if, if anyone's gonna do it, or make, have it in theaters, or release it on DVD, it's gonna be Funimation. Uh, shame. I'm pretty <laughs> positive. I just, I don't know when. Mm-hmm. I will, I will have to look into that. So yeah, no, as, as an animation fan, I don't feel completely tested <laughs> by 2015. Nah. If you, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there, I do. There are some movies where it's like, oh really? That was the best movie right here? <laughs> you know, I think yeah, it's it's. I mean, we've had some of those films, sure, this you know this past year, but we've definitely think have a lot. And like you said, there's a just so much variety of different kind of uh, styles and styles of films and types, and that it's yeah, that it's really allowed. Not the genre. I'm I'm tempted to say that word again, but I'm not going to because I don't <laughs> want to piss off Brad Bird. <laughs> um, that this particular medium. Uh-huh. Has been able to grow, yeah. A lot. Okay. In, in the eyes of not just you know the people who work on it, but also the audience, the viewing audience, and I think that's a good step in the right direction for even more experimentation this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest. Right now, I am probably going to be a bit bored with the movies in twenty sixteen. Oh, you're thinking it's going to be a bit of a lull year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay, so... Weirdly enough, Disney has two original movies coming out. Yeah. Which is, which, which is really... Okay, so Zootopia and Moana? Moana, yeah. Zootopia is going to be fun. I think I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm anticipating now that it's probably going to be my favorite animated movie of the year. 
That's a bold statement. <clears throat> uh, that's that's a guess. It's it's a bold, like guess basically. Mm-hmm. But because Moana uh, is directed by Ron and John, uh, John Clements, Ron Clements and John Musker, who are like Disney directing veterans. They did Little Mermaid and. And uh, Aladdin and Hercules. But they also did The Princess and the Frog. Oh, yeah. And Princess and the Frog, for me, was a real misstep for Disney because at that time, they should have been looking forward to the future of mm-hmm. what the studio was, and instead they were trying to recapture something that had long since passed. And I felt that a lot of that had to do with the directors and how they were... You know, they've been working... Their first movie at Disney was Great Mouse Detective. Oh, God, that movie was great. And so they've been at the studio for a long time. And I think that something about... Disney is not a very good place for directors and artists to creatively push themselves. Hmm. I like think how, how do you mean? It's it's really it's 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 all speculation basically. So there's that, <laughs> but I expect but so th- there was something that they would do there was some behind the scenes footage basically of princess and the frog where they were examining a scene and they were saying oh this can't be too scary this can't be too i'm pretty certain there was a shot where they said this can't be too emotional ha huh. this is coming from disney the same studio <clears throat> who's provided so many emotionally traumatizing moments to kids for a generation. Sure, sure. And actually, in fact, when you look back through Ron and John's movies, I think that they are some of the safer um, bets when it comes to movies. And I'm more interested, but just personally, I'm more interested in Disney making movies for the 21st century. <laughs> and I think that Ridgemore, like, demonstrates that with Wreck-It Ralph and with what Zootopia looks like. Yeah. And Frozen did that really well. And, um, you know, I just feel like really another Ron John princess movie is going to yeah. be a certain type of thing and it's going to have it's probably going to be really entertaining and 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 fun uh i just want to see some of those younger artists who i can tell have things to say and do have a shot basically yeah basically like i think i, I what so basically what you're saying is stop trying to recapture the past you know Take step forwards toward the future, and it's 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 well, yeah, it's basically that. I don't really think that Ron Clements and John Musker um, 
make exciting films. They make films which are certainly popular and do well and work. Like, you know, they understand stories and and characters and entertainment, but next to Wreck-It Ralph, Zootopia, another Ron and John movie just seems a little bit boring to me. <laughs> well, and that's not the only, the only, I mean, that's, that's, that's Disney's camp, but we're also getting quite a few other different kinds of movies. I think, isn't that, um, isn't 2016 the year that, um, that one, uh, movie, uh, Kubo is coming Kubo, out? Is, yeah, the, um, Leica movie. Yeah. That, yeah. that looks fantastic. That looks like the only, in, well, next to probably Zootopia, the only interesting animated movie coming out. Um, I'm just looking on, like, I just Googled upcoming 2016 animated movies. The Nut Job 2. Uh, um, Animal Crackers. Trolls. Like, you know, um, DreamWorks movie based on those little toys. Mm-hmm. With the hair. Normal really? Films, Angry Birds movie. Ratchet and Clank. Finding Dory. Kung Fu Panda 3. Um... And Secret Life of Pets. Oh, and I guess Sing. Oh, Sing, hmm. Sing I'm interested in because I, I really like, uh, um, Garth Jennings, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. actually have high hopes for, um, the Ratchet and Clank movie because, um, I was looking into that like, a good bit and it's, while it's not, the most original, it's not going to be the most original uh, animated film to come out. Uh-huh. I, I will think it's going to at least appeal to the folks who have played, the, who, who know and love the video games, and maybe if they take it in the right direction, that'll be a good introduction to possibly newcomers who are like, oh, that's a video game? I want to go play that now. Oh, what the fuck? What are these graphics? They're like... <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Um... Yeah, I okay, so... I understand that there are like it has a very passionate fan base. Mm-hmm. From the look of the trailer, and I'm not saying that like I expect every movie to be this, but like I don't, I don't think it will surprise me. Ah, uh, well, that I can understand. And 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 the shame I think and what I'm saying is like just overall I'm just looking at the upcoming slate. Yeah, and it's like, just, just all, like all the other films surrounding, you know, as compared to what we just had. and They look like movies which are very much uh, proving those who have animation and genre right. Ah. Uh, and then there are sequels. Finding Dory, Kung Fu Panda 3. Uh, I like I like Finding Nemo and I like the Kung Fu Panda movies. It's just like they're fine, uh, but, but they're I, still sequels. But I also not like original it. pieces coming out as well. Um, oh, I guess also in the UK we have um, Anomalisa coming out. Yeah, Anomalisa is going to be interesting. I really hope that that gets a wider release I, at some I, point. I, I expect I'll like it. Because I want to like it, because I, I want to be surprised by an animated film. I think that something that will fall into the category of like, not half as bad as it could have been, 
and actually kind of weirdly good is the Angry Birds movie from the looking Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed on that as well. It looks like it's going to be funny, but it, it's, it's, it's one of those kind of wait and see kind of, uh, premises. Yeah, I'm not going to feel like ecstatic walking into the cinema saying, you know, one for Angry Birds, please. You know. <laughs> another another movie based off a video game property. I've I've noticed that that's a that seems to be other than sequels, and oh. um, that's that seems to be a running thing with the two thousand. That might be a running thing with 2016's animated releases. Yeah, it's just property. I just feel sorry for the directors who have to work on, you know who finally get to the stage in their careers where they're directing a movie and they fucking direct Animal Crackers. It's like, are you shitting me? That's, that's, that's like pushing a medium, is it? Eh, not really. And in all, in all honesty, not really, but at the same time, dude, I would like to think that even though you're, you're stuck with that, there's still something that can be done with it that you just, you have to know. You have to really look into it. And sure. No, I'm. I'm not it. saying like that. It's a completely worthless venture. I'm saying it's a worrying situation. When cause for at, cause for concern, at yeah, least at compared up- to what we just came off of. Yeah, when you look at the upcoming slate of movies, and you're like. And I can, you can just tell, okay, there's nothing there that's really going to offer much that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. There might be, like, you know, from a script point of view, something kind of funny and clever going on and Finding Dory or Angry Birds or Kung Fu Panda 3, certainly, or The Secret Life of Pets. But, like, where's this year's, like, Kikia? Where's this year's Sean the Sheep? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see where you're. I see where you're coming from now. Whereas this year's um, Wolf Children or or um, Brain or Time. Boy and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm. I can't help but be a little bit down on what's what's coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> coming out? It, it's 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 definitely a wait and see kind of thing. We'll we'll definitely keep our ears to the ground and uh, hopefully be pleasantly surprised. But oh yeah, no, I'm always up for that. And I, I <laughs> you have to just like balance the the whole thing where you, you know, okay, you can't judge a movie you haven't seen. I haven't yep. seen um uh. I haven't seen Grown Ups 2. I haven't seen Paul Blart 2. I might watch them and think they're masterpieces. But what's more likely, you know, this isn't my first rodeo, what's more Mm. likely is that I'm probably right about the sorts of films that they are. And I'm not going to enjoy them. You can tell a lot about a movie when you see its first teaser trailer, and I, I know with a couple of those, I think with the one, um, which one was it called? I think you you you, you said one of the names, um, something of the North. Norm of the North, yeah. That did not look 
very appealing at all. No, it didn't. To me. But, no. you know, it's, it could be, it could be that just 2016 is one of those years, and, you know, you have a really good year, and then you have a somewhat off year to kind of balance it out, and then once you've got the balance, then it gives, yeah. it gives, uh, and, you know, animators from various different studios, you know, more time to work on other films, you know, and then the following year could be really, really good. Even better than what 2015 gave us. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. I think that from another perspective, what seems to be quite interesting is that there are going to be lots of Chinese animated movies coming out. Hmm. Yeah, that is uh, interesting. I forget which ones that there's the and lots, um, of, and lots of Chinese US co-productions. Right, the, I remember we we, men- we mentioned a couple, one or one. There's two one of called those Dragon things? Nest, Deity Hunt. Yeah, Kung Fu Panda Three, of course. <laughs> uh, Little Door Gods. Yes, I remember seeing the trailer for that one. Yeah, same. Uh... You know, so so that's interesting because from, from uh, movies as a business are really about China now in a big way. Big movies are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something we're going to have to start getting used to <laughs> because everyone holding the money in Hollywood is looking to make money in China. Yeah. And that's just, you know, the, the movies go where the money goes, so, well, uh-huh. it'll be, in, it'll, that'll leave its inspiration or, or, or say, mark on the, on the movies that we see. Uh-huh. Uh... For better or for worse? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's like 2016. I think that so right now I'm looking forward to most I'm most looking forward to rather uh Anomalisa Zootopia Kubo and the Two Strings and mm-hmm. honestly Kung Fu Panda 3 because the Kung Fu Panda movies are just really entertaining and fun and they have good action and they're funny and they look surprisingly great. a good amount of drama too. At least if the second movie was any indication. Yeah, and the first I think as well. There's like the whole uh, like prophecy really like you can see you can tell the characters like really plagued by it and uh, yeah no they they are they are genuinely good movies. So it'll be interesting to see how the the third one measures up and how really all of the movies that were that have been announced are going to be released this year will measure up and we'll definitely give people the play-by-play if uh, they're at all curious about them like we are. Yeah. Oh, also, the, uh, the uh, Seth Rogen-produced uh, movie Sausage Party is due to come out this year. That one I can't say I'm as familiar with. Uh, he basically just wants to make an R-rated animated movie. Hmm. 
which is, uh, you know, uh, gonna be fine. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Probably be subtly misogynistic and, and, you know, all the great things that you would expect from a, from one of those types of movies. <laughs> The amount of like just like disgust in your voice is just like just dripping from everywhere. Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! You wouldn't believe this. Alan Menken is attached to music for for real for, for that movie. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about that. I just um. Okay. Hmm. I, I. Do you know what? That's interesting to me because of one thing. What? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. Hmm. You know? Yeah. And I know Alan Makin's been getting a lot of work recently with the um the Galavant show he's been writing music for, which is What's what's that? It's this um television show that's a live action show that uh came out I think it was late last, it was uh, earlier, yeah, it was late last year, and then came into, um, you know, into the 2015, and, uh, or was, I might be, I might be completely off wrong, like, I remember, that's when I, that's what I said it was earlier this year, but, um, it was basically, like, um, it was literally, like, a fairy tale, like, straight out of Disney, with, uh, kind of, like, this really quirky sense of humor, and, you know, obviously, it's got Alan Menken writing like a song per episode, and it was right. really—it's really—it's like if Disney fairy tales met Game of Thrones. Oh, you know, it, it's I, hilarious. I think you either spoke about this before, or I heard about someone else, uh, or someone else was talking to me about it. It is yeah. absolutely hilarious. And it's actually, I believe, uh, new episodes supposed to premiere. At um in the uh, at least tonight in my uh, eight o'clock my time so I'm I'm guarantee I'm gonna be tuning in for that once 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 eight o'clock rolls around. Awesome, awesome. But it's you know it's been great like hearing you know Alan making you know writing more music for something outside of Disney like we still got that kind of almost kind of still has that spirit to it but different. Well, I think he, to be fair, he probably brought that spirit to Disney. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 like, classic Broadway, uh, like, feel. Yeah, it it definitely carries over into this show, and that's one of the reasons it's so likable. Oh, that's brilliant. So, like, uh, yeah, that's, that's how 2016 looks like it's gonna be. Well, just just as a you know, pr- quick preview or just like quick uh, speculation, I would say yeah. more spe- more of speculation than anything yeah. from our end. But and obviously it's it would be uh, it would be nice if we'll get if we can get everyone else's uh, opinions on their own opinions on what could be coming for uh, for us 2016 once uh, everyone's feeling better. Yeah, <laughs> I know everyone's just dropping. Um. Do, do, do you know what, uh, a positive is that recently TV animation has been really good. It has. I think out of, I mean, outside of movies and the, uh, that, that definitely, the 
I've been really impressed with what I've been seeing on TV. Like, there's there's Gravity Falls, which is unfortunately ending, but I'm thinking that will give uh, the show's creators more leeway into, you know, doing something else just as creative, if not more. And, and TV moves a lot faster, and there are things which could be, like, announced in May and then air in the summer, which might end up being, like, the best animated, um, <laughs> you know, TV show of the year, and we mm-hmm. don't even know it yet. Exactly, and then there's um, yeah, there's Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, which I know is um that should be picking up actually tomorrow. I think they're they're going to be starting re-airing episodes, and uh, then of course I think I actually uh, yeah, you know what was it? When did it air earlier? Like it was last year. Um, with the Adventure Time mini series that they did, um, stakes based on uh, their the Marceline character. Oh right, cool, I, yeah. I, I remember seeing that a little uh, little while back, and that was also very, very good. So, it may, even though if it might be, it's 2016 might be a slower year for uh, films. I've got high hopes for TV animation. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. And and also like, I also want to mention that those movies were just on the Google search for upcoming 2015 movies. So there might be, like, some French imports or, you know, smaller movies which probably will not appear when you Google. uh, And what about one one other movie that was a movie we've talked about in previous episodes? Boy in in the World? Boy in the World. Is that getting a a, a release uh, through G-Kids, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, When is that due? That is really? due. I think I think that might have already opened actually. Oh, is yes. it? Did it already like, just at the closing of the year? I I think what they probably had to do was do a qualifying run in LA and or New York. Mhm. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, know. it's 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 scripted as a two thousand. I'm seeing two different things, 2013, 2015, but whatever the year. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm really hoping that maybe I can see, you know, I get the opportunity to maybe see a more of more of that film because I remember look, we look, we discussed the trailer and it did look really, really fascinating. Well, G, G kids do a good job of, um, what am I saying? Of publicizing even their smaller movies. Like, mm-hmm. come on! Like they they made a new trailer and they they're making a lot of fuss about only yesterday, which they needn't because it's already made all the money that it needs to make, you know, <laughs> as being an older movie. But they're doing it because they uh, they believe in smaller movies, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, uh, okay, so we forgetting also that the Red Turtle, the new. Uh, Ghibli co-produced movie with uh, oh, of course, directed by Michael DeCockdewitt is coming out. Uh, so you know it's not going to be that bad. No, but we still have. Oh, and also, uh, Long Way North, uh, an independent movie, sort of set in uh, in Russia, uh, based on a short film, uh, is 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 coming out in France. Uh, the same day that Kung Fu Panda 3 comes out. Oh, okay. 
so yeah, there are lots of like smaller movies which I'm sure we'll we'll learn about. Uh, you know, yeah, it's still it's still too early to say, but it, it it's yeah. gonna be a it might be a bit of a mixed bag this year, but we'll we'll have to wait and see how it goes. I think like yeah, like most years, it's gonna be. If Hollywood disappoints you, then the independents and the international offerings won't. <laughs> it's just the challenge of finding anywhere you can see them. Because <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the big question, isn't it? isn't it, with just, you know, those kind of, with those smaller films, is that they're probably yeah. really, really good and really creative. Just how can you get a wider audience to see them? And that's, that yeah. always comes back to distribution, et cetera, et cetera, that we've talked about before, but... Yeah, that whole boring chat about how <laughs> unfortunately if you have a smaller movie you have to decide whether you're going to go for an okay box office release uh, an okay you know, theatrical release and do okay at the box office or whether you're going to be a big independent release and go VOD and, you know, try and try and spread wide rather <laughs> than big. Yeah. It is, a, it is a tricky question and uh, we'll hopefully we'll see what comes of it this year. Yeah, no, the very small releases. Yeah. So, that's, uh, that's pretty I think much... That, that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. I think so. I think so for today, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, just... Uh, a shorter episode, slightly shorter, <laughs> just like easing. I don't know. We've almost got about we almost got about two hours here. If I'm looking at it right, so we 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 did quite. We talked about quite a bit, but um. Twenty one. <laughs> Listening. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. Shall quiet. we close it up for the day? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm not feeling quite as bad as I did like maybe half an hour ago. About, oh, okay, good. About where where. What 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 um animated movies are going to be offered? Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. It's just... cool. So we hope you enjoyed listening to episode twenty four of the AFA podcast. And if you want to find you know listen to this one or any other podcast episodes, we have them listed on our webpage on animationforadults.com. It's got its own little bar on the web on the website and then we are also available on iTunes, podcast.com and Stitcher. And you know, feel free to send us an email if there's anything you want us to particularly, you know, talk about and we will uh we will look into it. And then if you want to shoot me a message, I am on Twitter at fail to ninja. And Dan, where can we find you? Uh you can find me as always on Twitter at hamu h a w m o all right. And I believe that is our show. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you at episode 25. Yeah, right. when we'll be joined by a few more people. Yeah, hopefully we'll have more people by, when they've by, recovered. by next week. Recovering from the various uh, colds that everyone seems to be coming down with around this time of year. But we'll, uh, we'll until then, we'll see you all next time. And bye, have everyone. a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
was quite grumpy. 